You're listening to Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technologically advanced silhouette decoy on the market. First Light, the best hunting gear on the planet. Go farther, stay longer. And Ducklander Calls, tradition, education, and quality. Built to hunt. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430, episode 160. Yep, that's right. You're 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 seeing it. We've got a girl on the show. That's right. <laughs> Finally. Um Lorianne Lorianne Horse has been on the show, um, who's a great friend of ours. And and Emily has been on the show, another great friend of ours, but it's been a long time since we've had a lady on the show. So I promise I'll be at my best behavior. Um, but uh, <laughs> to the millions of fans that are listening, this is uh, I'd like to introduce you to, to Amy Hall, who uh, this is my intro for you. Um, you're a hunter. Mm-hmm. You're a mom. Yes. A Southern Belle. You're the first Southern Belle. I'll give you that. You're the first Southern Belle. You're a badass. And well, no, I don't want to say and yet. Um, you you are the proprietor of Her Wild Outdoors, mm-hmm. um, your own brand, plus mm-hmm. you're the brand manager for Tetra Hearing. So mm-hmm. um welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that's quite yeah, that, that's it's, a, it's that's a good a introduction. Of, I will take it. Headings. Yeah, that was a lot of headings <laughs> that we hit there. I so, know. Um, so I'm going to do the same thing you just did mm-hmm. and put my phone on airplane mode because yeah. I'm getting some feedback here. Um, yeah, Amy, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, it seems like over the last two weeks, you and I have been chatting so much um, through Instagram and through text. So it's great to mm-hmm. finally... Um, meet you face to face and and um, I can't thank you enough for the patience you've had with me and trying to get these ear impressions done <laughs> um, it, it, yeah. you know it's it's got to be I don't know I, I don't want to say frustrating because I don't think that's the right word but mm-hmm. th- there's definitely some challenges with you guys being in the states um, and then customers coming from Canada and trying to get these custom custom uh, ear uh, hearing devices done mm-hmm. so um but anyways we we'll get into that a lot more yeah. uh, later on down in the show so i really wanted to start to start by saying you know you're coming to us all the way from tennessee yeah um but you had said something to me the other day and your family is from saskatchewan so you're you're practically canadian i'm family I might as well be. Yeah. I, uh, my grandmother, I met my grandfather in Chicago, and okay. she is from right outside of Regina okay. uh, in a little town called Avonlea. And so if anybody knows of the John Deere dealership there and in uh, the Nelson that's, family, that is, that's my people. Um, awesome. So yeah, we've got, we've got family up there. My grandfather stole her and bring her, brought her south. Um and she still goes up. She's 95. She just celebrated her 95th birthday. And she she goes up. I think this is the first year that that she has a partner traveling with her now. Oh, but wow. before that, she did it all by herself. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, We're sprightly in our family. <laughs> <laughs> so did she pick up the did she pick up the southern accent? No. No. No, she has kept, I would say there's a little bit that she has lost, but I still, I still get her uh, (laughs) Canadian uh, euphorisms. They've, they're very sweet. I love her. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. No, that's awesome. Um, It's really cool. And, and I, I really made a big deal about the fact that, that you're female and you're a lady and you're coming on the show because we've said it on this show a million times, even though we haven't had a lot of, a lot of ladies on the show, we've said it a million times that everything we read the female hunters the is the fastest growing demographic in the hunting industry right now and and that's mm-hmm. across the board and and nobody can argue that so no. you know when when you've created her uh hey 
brain fart. Uh, Her Wild Outdoors, when you uh-huh. created that, you know, like, can you tell us just a little bit about what the goal was in, in creating Her Wild Outdoors? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is yes, women are the fastest demographic growing, but we're the fastest ones leaving. And oh. that is based on the fact that the community isn't there. We are still growing that community. And uh, when I started Her Wild Outdoors, it really came from the lack of community around me of female outdoor um, activists and enthusiasts and educators. And so I was starving for information Mm -hmm. and the stories that I would hear through the podcast helped me grow. I was a new hunter 10 years ago. I'd never hunted before. So Mm -hmm. it, uh, it allowed me conversations that allowed me to find like-minded people, men and women, men Mm -hmm. who have, um, have taught daughters, who have taught spouses, who have taught um, significant others or just friends that, mm-hmm. uh, that have been a part of their lives, how to be in the outdoors. And so uh, we don't ever take away from the fact that men have a huge uh, impact on our lives. And we're grateful for those who did and have helped us along the way. But that community of women learning step outside of a small comfort zone that I was in. I was hunting five acres of, of land in the city, oh, bow wow. hunting, praying that deer would cross my path from one part yeah. to another, to hunting public land, to going out west and hunting in Montana mule deer and changing over into waterfowl. So it... um it truly, Her Wild Outdoors truly impacted me possibly more than it impacted the women who, who listen in. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, you had said something to me um, when we were chatting the other night, and you had said that, um, and, and you alluded to it just then when you were talking about the men and, and mm-hmm. stuff like this. So um, Her Wild Outdoors, is, uh, you're a great advocate for, for female lady hunters and stuff like that, but you don't want to take away um, the impact or, or how can I say this? You're, you're trying to encourage men at the same time to be that mm-hmm. positive role model to, to their spouses, to their mm-hmm. daughters, um, and anybody really, right? So it's not just it's not just focused 100% on, on, you know, um, I am woman, hear me roar sort of, no, yeah. it, it, it's 100% about growing it across however it takes to grow the female hunter in, in this wild and crazy world we're in right now. Yeah, I agree. I think that when we start dividing up our hunting community into this minority and this minority, yes, We all are a part of it. Yes, the female demographic is one of the smallest parts of the hunting community. Um, You can start dividing it out into into race. You can can Mm -hmm. start dividing it out into um, gender. You can start, like there are a bunch of ways that you can divide it out. But at the end of the day, we're all in the same community. The, The term hunter is not gender specific and it is a huge uh, responsibility of all of ours to educate and place that responsibility on each other, whether you're male or female. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing it always seems to be um, a topic. And, and I don't want to say it's a controversial topic, but some people feel strongly about it and some don't. Um, I'm, I'm in the boat that you're in. I, I prefer the term hunter as yeah. an overarching term because I don't view it as, as ladies are any different than men. You're a mm-hmm. hunter, um, a hunter, a hunter. Um, so when, when you, so is that exactly the term that you use hunter? So you don't use the term huntress. No, my grand, my grandfather, when I first started hunting, he called me a huntress and, um, and I took it very, um, it was sweet. It was kind. That is, what he saw me as and 
Uh, and at the same time, that term can be used very loosely, uh, mainly on social media. It can mm-hmm. be a not so positive term. And I think that there are lots of women out there who are trying to bring that word back into a positive light. I did a poll one time before a podcast episode that I did on the definition of a huntress. And I went through the hunting community. I went through um, I went through the non-hunting community. I even went through the vegan community very carefully on how they um, define the word huntress. And it was very interesting to me that everyone outside of the hunting community saw it as a strong term. Mm-hmm. It might be archaic in, in, in the use of it, but they saw it as this strong, empowering term. Yet in the hunting community, it was degrading and not one that should be used yep. as the majority of that poll was taken. And so it is interesting to see how social media has impacted that word specifically. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, whether we're male or female, we still have a goal of bringing something out of the woods or off the water or whatever it is. Yeah. I can go out to Montana and carry out a hind quarter, a front quarter, the goodie bag with all the tenderloins and back straps and everything in it. And, um, and climb two miles out of a coulee with a pack on my back, just like the man standing next to me. Um, but I might butcher out a deer differently. Mm-hmm. And yet two men probably don't butcher differently or they don't do it the same either. Absolutely so not. Yeah. it really is just individual ways of, of bringing something out of the woods or off the water. And uh, I think that we should celebrate that. Absolutely. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and it's interesting when you said, um, you know, in, in, in your poll, when, when you had asked a bunch of people, you know, it was an empowering word and, and I could see it be, I can see the term huntress being a, a very powerful mm-hmm. term to, and, and I don't, I gotta be careful because I don't want to upset anybody, but um, it could be a very powerful term to the uneducated. And, and that's, and, and I don't mean that as a, as a slight to anybody, but if you were talking about the hunting community, mm-hmm. I, I don't think the hunting community as a whole, um, and that's regardless of pursuit, mm-hmm. um, I think the hunting community views women and men as hunters. Yeah. Um, there, there's a different group of people that, that use that word huntress, um, and and it is an empowering word, especially in this day and age when when there's so much um so much media attention and and so much um I don't know how to say it that you know when you're trying to empower I've got a daughter and and mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you I she gets the exact same treatment. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I want the I most for her um as well, right? So mm-hmm my my view of especially in this social media age and again if if i upset somebody and and these are my views and and not necessarily amy's views but in in my viewpoint of of the social media age the term huntress to me is is the the females out there that are just trying to get the likes that Mm -hmm. are trying to get the attention um, just to to build up their social media profile, they're not they're not doing it for for the right reasons, and and that's my viewpoint. And I mm-hmm. think that's why I feel that in the hunting community, um, hunter is the term that that's used by both men and women. I agree. I think that we can overgeneralize the women out there using that term. Um, and that definition. And I think that there's some, there truly are some out there who are trying to turn it around, but it's kind of like using a curse word over and over and over. Uh, it's hard to get the impact yep. once you overuse it. And so yeah. um, by overusing it in a degrading way, sometimes it's hard to come back to it. But at the same time, I think that, you know, I have a son and a daughter. I have, yeah. My daughter's older than my son. They're both teenagers now. They both hunt. They both yeah. get out there and do 
what they love doing. Um, I didn't teach them any different. They right. didn't go hunting until I went hunting. That's so crazy. it's really cool to have them be a part of it and to learn and to grow because they're our next generation and they need our community to surround them and to show them how to do it right. And it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, it really just matters for our community to surround them and educate them, whether they hunt in the future or they become voters for hunting, hunting in the future. Um, That's all it is. There's no pressure to it. There's no, you have to do it. It's, and more of just an educating part of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and you know, when when you're talking about um things like uh you're not you're not treating them any different. Um a son and a daughter, um both of them raised the exact same way. No pressure, no not none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but then, you know, when you if if you want this this tradition this way of life to continue and let's face it the cards are stacked against us right now everybody yeah. is 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 just waiting for us or i shouldn't say everybody but there's a group of people that's just waiting for us to screw up mm-hmm. to do something bad yeah. so that they can they can flood social media and the news outlets and and the whole bit so you know men and women um, you got to be that that positive role model because our future, which is our the next mm-hmm. generation, they rely yeah. on it because if we don't do it the right way, and that's that's me as a man teaching my daughter, you as a woman teaching your son. Um, mm-hmm. If we don't do it right at this point, then this way of life is going to go the way to dodo bird, and yeah. and and we'll only have ourselves to blame for it. It's true. And I think that it teaches when you do have men and women teaching you, I think that it, 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 my philosophy has always been to, to learn, do, and then teach. Yep. And so my kids, I've taught that in them as well. I want you to learn, I want you to do it, and then I want you to teach it. And so if they are both seeing, whether it's through me or a man in their life, whoever it is, Mm-hmm. They're learning the different ways that they can can do things. And then they're going to be able to educate someone else, whether they're a boy or a girl or a man or a woman. Yeah. They're going to have the tools going forward to continue that educating process. And our biggest conversation around the table or in the car isn't how many people, how many non-hunters we can convert to hunting it's how many people can we teach that there is an emotional connection to what we do and that we don't waste what we mm-hmm. take out there. We don't take more than we need, that we eat what we take and mm-hmm. um, or donate. And so there's, there's, there are different conversations that you can have with non-hunters in a very non-defensive, non-aggressive type conversation that, you know, one day they might say, Hey, I want to go. Yeah. Or they might say, I support you in what you do. And I think that that's the bigger conversation that we can have. Yeah. One thing Mm -hmm. that uh, we noticed up here, um, and we we don't have the city populations like you guys have south of the border. So we, we've only got a few big cities and, and I'm guilty of it because I, Personally, I have lumped people that lived in the city as, and I use the term hippie, right? Mm-hmm. I've lumped those people together. But what we've found and what we've we've been reading about up here is that the average city, I shouldn't say the average, but it's a growing demographic now of, of young people. And it's not so much that they... Um, that they were introduced to hunting or, or any for the, for the, the thrill of the chase or anything like that. It's Mm. come down to a lot of people are joining the hunting community now because they know where their food is coming from. So if they're fishing, they know that they're, they're Mm. getting the fish. It's not coming out of a farm. If they're, if they're going out and they're getting their deer or ducks or their turkey or, or bear or moose or whatever it is, 
they know it's not full of steroids mm-hmm. it, it's healthier for them and and we're starting to see and again and and i'm guilty of it because i i lumped all these people in together um but now we're seeing that people are are it it they're doing it for different reasons than I mm-hmm. am. And, and it's not my place to say that they're doing it for the wrong reason. They're, mm-hmm. they're out there, they're doing conservation, they're doing their bit. Um, they just have a different reason for doing it. I yeah. know that's a, that was a little Austin Power-ish right there. But, um... <laughs> no, I think that you do. You've got to find your why of why yeah. you do those things. And I think that when you do find that, then you are able to, not just stand on the fact that you're a hunter, but you can stand on an emotional connection to why you do that. And it's hard to argue with somebody about their emotions and their feelings of why they do something versus just a hunt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's a powerful conversation that you can connect to somebody who doesn't. Like, how do you feel about your food? How do you feel about um, the impact. How do you feel about what you put on the table? Um, anybody can really have a conversation about that. And Canada is really big on tradition, mm-hmm. huge on tradition, uh, just based on stories that I've heard growing up and based on my family. Tradition is a big part mm-hmm. of, uh, of how you all grow up and then pass things on we are noticing down here that as we spread our families out more and I was just talking to Bill to Dr. Bill about this uh, yesterday as our families are spreading out more you don't necessarily have that grandpa that's that's having an impact on a grandchild you might have my granddaddy um, in Alabama used Mm -hmm. to hunt small game He didn't really hunt anything big. It was squirrels, rabbits, things like that. My dad didn't. And so it skipped a generation. I wasn't around my grandfather as much when he was in his hunting part of his life. And so I didn't get that impact from family. I didn't get that tradition passed down mainly because of of where we lived. Mm -hmm. Um, and I lived in West Tennessee near the Mississippi River. Like it was waterfowl center. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, uh, I've, I've said it multiple times. It wasn't that I was told I, I can't go. It was just I'd never had an opportunity to go. Yeah. Yeah. And so getting started in my early 30s of, of hunting, it kind of was a, a fire that burned inside. And so even though, a lot of people see tradition as something that starts when you're really little and mm-hmm. that's down generationally. Tradition can be passed down to late onset hunters as well. Oh, and that sure. just goes back to that educating part. And so, yes, traditions are important. They're very important to have, but tradition can look different for each person. Absolutely. Well, and and now, so now so you're talking about tradition and and you know in your early 30s you started hunting and and the whole bit and now you know you you have your son you have your daughter you're starting Mm -hmm. your own tradition and and doing it in such a positive way so you know with your own podcast right Mm -hmm. so so talk about your own podcast and and the message that you're trying to drive out there and and you know the your i guess your dream goal of what you're to, what you're going to accomplish with your own podcast mm-hmm. and 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 starting that tradition with your own family. Yeah, I think uh, it is very simple. I don't make it difficult. I don't make it something that is um, complex or anything like that. It is very simple. If I can do it, you can do it. And it doesn't <laughs> matter me. if yeah. you're a man or a woman. If I can do it, you can do it. And um, it's just one step in front of the other. Um, if you're a parent, you, you have to figure out kids and when they're, when they're babies, especially how do you get out when you have them and how do you plan for things and how do you, um, get them the care that they need? How do you teach them along the way? But then even as a single person, how do you get connected? How do you grow? Um, do you feel like you need a partner to get out on public land? Cause it's scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just, 
it truly is. If I can do it, you can do it. And let me help you find a community that can get you involved mm-hmm. and back you up. That's amazing. And, and no, and that, and that's, you know, the grassroots real reason why I think any of us do what we're mm-hmm. doing, right? Um, yeah. I'd, I'd be lying um, and, and people could see right through it because people are smart and they know, right? Like I'm, this is a business to me. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, and, and I had said this to Heath the other day, Heath had sent me a message and, and he had said, dude, I appreciate you. And, and I can't thank you for the things that you're doing. And, and I was sincere when I said this, um, you have no idea how happy it makes me when I know that I've helped somebody. Oh yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, yeah. I, I don't need anything. I don't mm-hmm. need money. I don't mm-hmm. need, I don't need a parade. I, it, it's for me. I feel it. And, and I've got a little pop in my step then when I'm yeah. walking around, just knowing that I've helped somebody. So, um, with her wild outdoors, that's exactly what you're doing. You're, you're, you're genuinely just trying to help somebody mm-hmm. and just show them what this crazy passion is that we call hunting and you know well the even bigger story is that it's not just me it's all of the women that I have conversations with and the men who who support the women in their lives so it I get the benefit of sharing real people out there who do it differently but have the same it's not, I feel like I'm on a team. It's yeah. building the community bigger and it's showing that um, everybody might not think they have a story to tell that can be impactful, but truly it might only be one or two words that really bring somebody else in and say, I can connect to this person. I get what she's saying. Mm-hmm. I get what he's saying just because of one statement. And, uh, and that, that's what connects our community together. One of the, uh, one of the coolest things that I've, that, so Mark and Ryan who come on the show with me, um, for years, they, they took part in a, in a youth hunt, um, a a program and it was a pretty established program and pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of the coolest things that they had told me um, one time was that, um, there was, there was a, a boy and, and he was coming through the, the, the youth program, but his mom was a single mom mm-hmm. and not a hunter had never hunted anything in her life, had no aspirations of ever being a hunter, mm-hmm. but her son wanted to be a hunter. And this was, and, and listen, it's hard having, te- you know, you got teenagers, I got teenagers. <laughs> It's hard to, it's hard to connect with kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was her way of connecting with her son and having something that was uniquely theirs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And, and I think that is, that's one of the coolest things about this. Like how more grounded can you get than spending time with somebody outside um, Mm -hmm. sharing in the successes and the failures because there are failures. There um, are. <laughs> that's how we grow. Me. Yeah, trust me, I know. Um, <laughs> I've come home empty-handed so many times. Yeah. But, um. No, Amy, it it truly is remarkable. I've I've got a couple. I got a couple girls. I wanna I wanna introduce you to, and I'm gonna do that. Um. Tomorrow when we're okay. done, I'm gonna do an email yeah. and introduce you because there's I've got a couple. Um. Uh, friends that are just. They're amazing, amazing, powerful women, and and I just think that uh, you you should talk to them because it yeah. gives you it's just another another you know layer to this whole to this whole world. But you know, n- I'm not taking away anything from her wild outdoors. Not taking anything away, but you started hunting in your early 30s. Mm-hmm. You've grown this thing now, her wild outdoors, and now you're the brand manager for mm. Tetra hearing like that, yeah. that is just a like coming full circle. Is it not? It is, you know, my, my background way back in the day was healthcare 
And so okay. I, I worked in the OR and cardiac surgery, but did a whole lot of things through ENT and, and that yep. kind of thing. And, um, and then being in the outdoors, I took up a job with our state nonprofit. And so I worked with them, um, helping organize Hunters for the Hungry, our Scholastic Clay Target Program, and our Hunting and Fishing Academy. So it really allowed me to be a part of growing our state in the way that I hope the next generation can enjoy it even more. Mm -hmm. And that led me to Bill and <laughs> having conversations with him and being able to connect not just my love for the outdoors, but my medical background, Absolutely. because that is um, something that will always be ingrained in me and, um, and protecting your hearing goes even more personal than that, because I know that you guys talked on that podcast about the connection between hearing loss and dementia yeah. and Alzheimer's. And my grandmother recently passed away and she had Alzheimer's. And so that thought process for me of protecting not just my hearing for the future, but also my kids and even my parents right now, like it goes a step further into that of, yeah. of why it's not just a job. It actually, it actually is a passion project. It's, right. it's something that I feel very strongly about. And when you believe in a product, it's not selling, it's educating. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's just having conversations and, um, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you buy our product or another product. Honestly, it's just making sure you have something in your ears when you're hunting and that was, or shooting uh, or whatever you're doing. Yeah, whatever you're doing. And that was one of the coolest things I took away from talking to Dr. Bill. And he had said, if, if this podcast or, or if me standing on my soapbox, and I'm paraphrasing here, but <laughs> yeah. um, if it results in Walker having a banner year and selling so many uh, ear defenders and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. He said, then, then it's good because, and anybody that listened to that, that particular podcast and you know him. So, and you yeah. know him on a personal level, mm -hmm. but he like that, that's as sincere as, as it gets. Like he really just wants a uh, better hearing health. If that's yeah. a, the proper term. Yeah, no, it is. It really is that, the benefit that I've found, I mean, I wore mine a couple of weeks ago. My, my kids, I took my kids to a rap concert. I, it, rap is not necessarily my cup yeah. of tea. Um, All right. Who was it? Because don't tell me, <laughs> don't tell me your kids picked a rapper because the rappers today are horrible. No, there's a good one. He's, um, he, he reminds me of Eminem, but he's kind of a clean version. He was called, okay. it, it's an F the letters okay. in F okay. um, and but still rap's not my thing, but I'm yeah. still going to go with my kids. Cause I love okay. my kids and yeah. I put, I put my Tetris in and enjoyed the concert immensely. Really? I could hear every single word that he was saying. I could hear the bass tones. I could hear the treble, really? even the mid tones. And even my son stole, stole them for a second. And he goes, these are amazing. Um, <laughs> but I walked out and not only could I continue having conversations with my kids about the words that were spoken and the power that came from them, my ears weren't ringing. Mm -hmm. I could, nothing was muffled and I still enjoyed myself. So these, as much as they are for waterfowl hunting yeah. and duck hunt and well, and upland hunting and deer hunting and turkey hunting and all of that, um, they can be used for so many other things like music and yeah. land management. I get out on my, I have this old mower like take it back to the eighties <laughs> riding lawnmower. It had rust all over it. My neighbor gave it to me and um, it's like, it's powered by a car battery. If that tells you <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'll put the land management program. Yeah. I um into my, on my Tetris yeah. and it's hooked up to the Bluetooth so I can hear the music. Yeah. But at the same time, I can hear if that belt is slipping because it does slip every now and then. So I can hear the belt <laughs> slipping 
and stop and, and fix that before it's an issue. And I can also, my kids would kill me if I ran over one of my chickens. And so I can tell if a chicken is around, if I need You're to not be a crazy chicken lady, are you? I have chickens and ducks and they're a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it even takes it a step further that if I'm walking or say my daughter's walking or my son's walking and they've got them in and they're listening to music, they can hear somebody's coming up behind them. Right. And it's really big for me being in the shooting world and seeing our, our scholastic clay target program kids are ages nine to college. And so to be able to tell a kid, put a gun down or for them to be able to hear their score or just the awareness of it mm -hmm. is a huge part of it for me as a parent. But also, I want to hear that duck call, and I want yeah. to hear if the wings are coming around from yeah. the back to the right or the back to the left. And so it it creates a better situation where I can enjoy myself as well as feel completely safe and aware of everything. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. and and I remember so talking. So I get how can I say this? So the, the, the amazing thing about the Petra hearing devices and, and I, I don't want to hijack um, your chance to talk on this, but just talking about yeah. Petra. Um, but the education piece, like I had done a, a bunch of reading about Petra's and, and the whole bit. And then, you know, I've talked to Heath and, and Dr. Bill come on the show and, and the whole bit. And, and even up until the end of the show with Dr. Bill, I was just going to get a pair of, uh, devices that mm -hmm. I could for duck hunting. That was it. Yeah. And I yeah. still didn't know. I didn't know about the Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I could hook my phone up to it and listen to my own music. But then um, Bill was telling me about all the programs. And he was like, um, you got to get all the programs. He was like, that, <laughs> yeah. that's it. He said, you got to have all the programs. He said, mm -hmm. because, because I told him, I said, listen, I use a chainsaw. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on my riding lawnmower. Um, I'm in a duck boat with a, with a mud, uh, with a mud motor, which are just extremely loud and, yeah. and that exposure that you're getting to. And when I'm, when I'm trying to explain these devices to people and, and they're, and, and I get it, right. I, I really do. I understand that the price tag that comes with them and, and there's some sticker shock there sometimes. Yeah. But when I explain to them, I'm like, listen, I don't have to wear ear defenders like muffs when I'm, when I'm on my ride in lawnmower, yeah. I don't have to, um, have a set of earbuds in, in the truck for when I'm going to the gym or, or whatever to listen to my music. It, it, it covers so many bases and, yeah. and it was really cool. Cause I've always, when I've, when I've ran, so when I would like a road run, I would never put a device in my ear, earbuds right. or nothing, because if I'm on the road and there's a car coming behind me, I, it was something I just never, ever did because of safety. Right. Um, now I haven't been running lately, so you might pick it back up. I might, I might, but to everybody that's listening that know me, um, eat it because, um, <laughs> yeah, I know I haven't been running lately, but you know, <laughs> we're going to hold it, him responsible now. He's going to get some and we're going to say it's time to get back into it. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it's just, it, it's an all encompassing device um, yeah. that saves your hearing. And, and the one thing that was an eye opener for me was the Alzheimer's and, and dementia, because it is a scary thing. I've had, I have it in my family. Yeah. Um, my grandmother uh, suffered from it. Um, so it is a scary thing to think about and, and something that, I really, really want to do my part. If I can have power over preventing it, yeah. why wouldn't I? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, truly, why wouldn't I? But yeah. it even, it goes into something more, even more simple as to if I, as a mentor of hunting, if I were to take a kid out who had never been before and I give them binoculars and I give them, you know, I cover them in bug spray and we talk about what the wind feels like and we talk about scent and we talk about, um, um, about keeping warm. And so all of these senses, what does it smell like when the dew is, is out in the morning? Um, what does it smell like if a skunk is off in the distance? So you're talking about all these senses and then you put plugs in their ears and they can't hear anything. 
Mm-hmm. You can't yell at him when you're deer hunting. You've got to keep right. quiet. Turkey hunting, you've got to be quiet. Um, even waterfowl hunting, it's it's a community event, and yet mm-hmm. you put something on their ears where you're cutting out all of the sound that it's actually important for them to learn. Our generation learned without hearing protection, mm-hmm. so we heard everything, and we and we listened to the birds wake up, and we listened to the squirrels who woke up first and all of that. And so why wouldn't we give them a device that even these smaller, more um, financially attainable devices Mm -hmm. that we can use the universal device for a kiddo and put it in their ears so that they can be a part of what we're teaching them. And you can whisper and they can hear and they can hear the crunching of leaves and they can and all of that. I think when you take away somebody's senses, whether it's a kid or an adult, when you're teaching them something, it takes away a part of that education that is foundational. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that we want them to hear, but we also want to protect the hearing that they have so they continue, they can continue to hear it. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's easy to talk about. It's important to enforce. Yeah. No, and and that's great. And I think that is, you know, for you had said our generation, uh, you know, we never used hearing protection. And the one before us absolutely didn't use any hearing protection. (laughs) Mm -mm. Um, But the one good news, one good thing, and I've done it, even though I wouldn't wear it myself, I would make sure that the kids were with me, they were wearing it. Um, And then you see, you see everybody like they, it's your children. So you, you do that. If you go that extra step to make sure that they're being safe. And if you start that, it, it's no different than enforcing the, the seatbelt when they get aboard the car, right? It just becomes second nature to them because yeah. if, if they started at a young age, it just becomes second nature to them. And then it, it carries on. And, and then that's where this, this whole stigma and, and just removing this idea that yeah. you don't need hearing protection. Um, I think, I think it, it starts with us, um, yeah. but the success of it will be our children. I think those be. are the ones. Yeah. It Th- will be. Really... And we've got to set the example. Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, even if you grab foam plugs, let's go. Let's yeah. teach them how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to switch back again now. So we got we got the yeah. Tetra plug in. We'll, pro- <laughs> we'll probably we'll probably come back to the Tetra plug again. Um <laughs> It's a part of my life. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, And we'll, we'll probably roll back into it, but again, with, with the whole her wild outdoors and, and stuff like that, can you, you know, has it, has it allowed you to travel and, and, Mm -hmm. and, and come across different, uh, I don't want to say walks of life, but just different ladies that are, things that you just never thought would would happen like it, it's just a way of life in say the pacific northwest that mm-hmm. that women up there they just they just do things totally different than what the women down in tennessee does i don't think i think again it goes back to that we all have the same mindset the women that i talk to whether they're hunters or they're anglers or they're hikers backpackers mm-hmm. uh, campers whatever they're doing um I think that the heart is is founded in something very similar to each other. Um, the difference comes when you start adding different species, right. when you add a different terrain, different countries. I've talked to women in uh, New Zealand, and so talking about the tar and red stag and the roar, like those those conversations, they ignite that excitement of, well, what would it be like? And so hearing their stories gives me a little bit of insight into it and a little bit of yearning to go and try it. Um, Out West, I was able to, I connected with a good friend of mine now, and Mm -hmm. she's out in Montana, Jess, uh, and I've hunted with her before, and hopefully I'll draw this next year for a, for a combo elk mule deer tag we'll see fingers crossed uh when that comes up in the spring but um to be able to go out with her even though she could probably be my daughter it's still something that 
I can be a leader to her. I can mm-hmm. be a teacher to her for some things, but she's teaching me a ton of it's things because it's, yeah. it's her specialty. It's what right. she's done her entire life. And I think that that's where there's no age to who teaches. There's no, um, there's no, it goes back. There's no gender. There's no, mm-hmm. it, it truly does allow for anyone to teach anyone to mentor. And I think that that's the really cool thing about hunting. Um, your experience level doesn't match necessarily your age. Yeah. And, uh, and so that has been fun to learn. I've, I have a very sweet friend that I'm a I'm a board member for a nonprofit that is based out of the Midwest. It's uh, okay. Wilderness, yeah. and it's a nonprofit that um, that educates all about educating. So mm-hmm. yes, they might have some events that they throw together, but truly, it's it's about educating and building community. And my sweet friend Sharenda is an African American woman who is a hunter, and she learned later in life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had conversations on the podcast and just sitting around a table of what it's like, not only as a woman going to knock on a door and seeing if you can hunt their property, but as an African-American going and knocking mm-hmm. on a door and how I can't even come close to empathizing. I can sympathize with her all day, but I can't empathize with her. Mm-hmm. And so to hear her story and to hear her concerns um, it allows me, I think, to have, and whoever's listening, to at least have a glimpse into her feelings and mm-hmm. into uh, what she faces obstacle-wise, because we all have yep. um, hunt. access is a huge part of it, community, um, a partner to hunt with, How, what do I do with it? my kids, how do mm-hmm. I work around work, vacation time, finances, huge waterfowl and finances. Holy moly. Um, So we all have obstacles that we can sympathize with each other over, but truly keeping an open mind with each other as a single mom, what it's Mm -hmm. like, what is it like to go out hunting when the majority of people that you hunt around are male? Like, what is that like? Yeah. So we can sympathize with each other, but having an open mind to understand that we can't always empathize with each other and to give that room to, mm-hmm. um, to listen is yeah. a huge part of it. No, that, absolutely. You, ignorance on my part, and, you know, I had lumped her wild outdoors with a brand or a podcast that was strictly hunting, but you had touched on hiking yeah. You know, the camping, the, it, it's not just hunting, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's anything outdoors, what, whatever it is that, that just satisfies that, that craving that you have yeah. um, bird watching, whatever it is. Right. And then, you know, I guess it, it's very narrow minded of, of me, but like, I don't think of those things that, and that that's like, I don't think about your friend and and her going to knock on a door and yeah. and the differences like I I that's you well it's know, like I, I wouldn't go I have a hard time going and knocking on a door all by myself mm-hmm. a man answering the door and saying hey can I hunt your back forty yeah them knowing exactly where I am and feeling completely confident and right safe. yeah you're I mean, somewhat I've, vulnerable right little yeah. bit I've hunted public land now for the past five years and. Um, I carry a pistol with me yeah. every single time. Um, and I've had to pull a gun twice on public wow. land on um, two different men who were not heeding the warning of, I'm not interested in having a partner here right now. Oh and it wasn't, nothing had to be fired. Nothing had yeah. to be discharged. It was uh, one time it was simply, um, loading a shotgun shell into my shotgun and that was it he turned right around and (laughs) that'll do it that'll do it um so it is it can be scary getting out there but truly it can be scary for a man getting out there too in the dark um 
I think that that's, it's the hardest thing is getting out of a vehicle first thing in the morning in the dark and heading out. It, um, any stick that cracks, you're wondering what was that? And so it doesn't, it's still something that I think I'm more afraid of people out there than the wildlife that's out there. Well, if, if Merck and Ryan were here, I am deathly afraid (laughs) of bears. Like I, Uh I, I am petrified of bears, petrified. Mm -hmm. And if I know that there's a bear around, I ain't going. (laughs) I don't care. I don't. You draw the line in the sand. Absolutely. I don't care how good a hunt that it's going to be. I am not walking down to the blind at four o'clock in the morning when I know there's a bear in the area. (laughs) Ain't happening. I I am petrified of, of bears. So. Um, we haven't, we have bears in East Tennessee, but, um, there was one recently that was actually not even two miles from my house and it was just rummaging through the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I think it was a male bear that got kicked out of, um, its group and was trying to search for a mate or something like that. Right. But, um, I was in Texas on an NWTF hunt. It was my first turkey hunt ever. Yeah. And it was my camera guy, the landowner, me, and we were, we were walking around and I stepped a step forward and a rattlesnake went in between my legs. And I casually walked forward and I just tapped Nathaniel, my camera guy. I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, we just stepped over a very large rattlesnake. And he goes, Amy, that's not even funny. (laughs) That's it's not something to joke about. We're in Southern Texas. They're everywhere. And I said, no, 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 look. And I mean, she was huge. He said, I don't know how you didn't scream. Well, here in Tennessee, it's illegal to kill snakes. Oh, okay. (laughs) You can't, unless there is danger in your way um, and you can prove it. Um, it's illegal to kill snakes and the hunting property that, um, I have access to in Southern Tennessee, um, is on the Alabama border and it, it's Rocky mountains. Um, and there's snakes, rattlesnakes all down there, but I've learned to kind of move around and I've learned how to be quiet and how to respect their space. And, um, and so I just said, well, I, I, I just treated it like I have to treat things back at home and just kind of kept moving and it was cool. And she wasn't bothering me and I wasn't bothering her. And we just watched her as she went. And it was a pretty cool experience. Once we got past the (laughs) moment. Um, If I ever, yeah. If our paths ever cross and we hunt together and you tap me on the shoulder and say, we just stepped over a rattlesnake. I You're going to run. I promise you, I will scream. You don't need to scream because I will scream. I promise you that yeah. because th- yeah. N- yeah. Uh-uh, no she was way. a big snake. Um, yeah. She was a very big snake, but yeah, it's, it's just, there are great, there have been great opportunities in meeting people. Um, and you know, I've heard, well, you're a woman, you're, you get these opportunities because of this, that, and another. And I, you know, the thing is, is when, when you're honest, when you're genuine, when you're authentic, um, opportunities are going to come into your lap, no matter That's who right. you are. That's right. And 100%. it's our responsibility to take them when you yeah. have the opportunity to, and, uh, and to jump on it. And, and when there's a chance maybe take that moment to use it and, and pass it on to somebody else. And so, um, it's, it's that person has passed it on to me and I hope to continue passing it on to the people that come into my life. No, that that's a a great outlook to have. And, and, you know, just to back up when you say, you know, people throw it at you while you're getting opportunities because of this and because of that. Mm -hmm. This is something that my dad used to say to me all the time. If you think I'm jealous, you're 100% right. <laughs> and he used to say that all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's something that has stuck with me 
So, um, yeah, if you think I'm jealous, you're, you're hundred percent right. So anybody that's throwing shade at you because of opportunity are the same people that would jump at the opportunity if, if it was presented to them. And, uh, and it's okay. And, yeah, yeah. And, it's okay. And I think that some of the best advice that I got, uh, because you know, you've got your keyboard warriors and I absolutely. think that any business out there that is on the internet, you're going to deal with it no matter what. Yeah. But the best advice that I got was they don't know you. Mm -hmm. They don't know your heart. They don't yeah. know who you are day in and day out. Um, it is a, it's a bravery that they have behind a screen, but truly they don't know who you are. And mm -hmm. so why would they give you the shadow of a doubt um, or the lack of a shadow of a doubt? Mm -hmm. How, they don't know you. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's just opening the, the ability to have a conversation without winning it. Yeah. That's pretty, that's a pretty cool way to look at it. Like, I don't, I don't have to win a conversation. I truly, I don't. My goal is not necessarily to win a conversation. It is to create um, a level of trust. So we don't have to agree on every little thing, but guess what? That anti-hunter over there loves dogs and I love dogs. <laughs> we hunters are the biggest lovers of animals out there and so 100%. guess what we can agree that we love a dog and we yeah. can agree that that we do love animals and guess what that was we just connected on that I don't even have to take it any further in that moment about hunting we can just say hey guess what we mm -hmm. don't agree on everything but we do agree on this one thing and that's okay we'll go okay. from there that's a good way to look at it. Amy, we're at it. We're getting close to that 60 yeah. minute mark. Um, and, <laughs> and without, because I know people would love to listen to you talk more, but I know they get real tired of listening <laughs> to me talk. So, um, so we'll cut her off here at 60 minutes, but you know, I, I do want to throw it out to you that you have an open invite to come on this show anytime you want. And all you've got to do is is just just reach out to me. Don't wait for me to invite you because uh, my head's in the clouds most days. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if there's ever a time when when you're like, man, I should jump on with Damien and, and talk about this, just shoot me a message and, and we'll Thanks. make it happen. Um, I appreciate it. And if been... you ever need a co-host for another lady out there, that would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, it's awesome, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm going to give you the last word, but I, I, I want to get a couple of things. So Tetra hearing right mm -hmm. now, we're, we're running a, a promo code right now, Punisher 23. Yes. Um, that'll get you 10% off your, your device. I know it's not a lot, but you know what? It, it's a start. It's and enough. For, it's yeah. enough. And, and for the Canadians, it's probably enough to cover your, your um, conversion, your currency conversion, yeah. which is. And we have issues. payment plans too. So we can, we can help out in a lot of different ways. Yeah. yeah. So, um, please check out Tetra hearing, um, and, and look at the testimonials. There's a really cool thing going, I think it's called the Tetramonial. Tetramonials. Yeah. They're great. They are great. So, mm -hmm. so check those out. At, if you have any questions, fire me a message and, and Amy, you and, and Heath and the whole team down there, you guys are amazing. You, you, you're very quick to, to reach back out and answer any questions. Yeah. So, um, feel free to uh, absolutely blow up Amy's inbox with, with yeah. questions about Tetra. Hey, and honestly, if you call the info line on the website, you're going to get me. And okay. it's, we're, we're, uh, we work kind of like a family at Tetra and, um, and we're a small company and we believe in, uh, in really good touches on our, on our customers. And so you're not going to get a robot when you yeah. call you're going to get me or you're going to get my counterpart troy so when you call that number that's that's who you're going to get oh wow that's amazing yeah um last words to you amy yep uh well i mean you can always follow me on instagram amy hall hunter or her wild outdoors uh, but always reach out my inbox is open if anybody has questions even if you're a guy and you're you're trying to introduce it to a lady and and you need some some questions answered um or if you're a parent looking at introducing a kid or 
a sister or a brother, um, I, my, my inbox is open. I'd love to, to be a resource. And if I don't know the answer, I probably know who, who does have that answer. So I'm willing to share that and pass it on. Awesome. Amy, thanks so much for coming on. This was this was great. And and like I said earlier, it's great to finally face to face. Um, even though <laughs> you're all the way in Tennessee and I'm up in Ontario. Um so great to meet you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, just like I always say, surround yourself with good people, good things mm -hmm. will happen. Mm -hmm. Don't be a douchebag to one another. Be kind to one another. It yeah. it's the only way that we're gonna survive this. Big love until next time. Ciao.